comes louder. He's one on one with Hemsley, and Hemsley blocks it. Mitchell spins on Childs, and one. Cal up top, Shepard. Shepard was asking for it for three. Watson, and a foul! This is a clinic. This is Aztec basketball. Aztec Nation, what is up? This is Trone coming at you with another PupCast version of the Aztec Breakdown podcast. Uh, it was a big night. Last night, as I'm, as I'm recording this, uh, the Aztecs got a win over Stanford which should look really good by the end of the year. Very likely could be a quad one win. As you all know, if Stanford finishes in the top 75 in the net, then that becomes a quad one win because it's a road win, right? Um, It was also, aside from the metrics, like Stanford is a huge team. And that was one of my concerns going into the season was that teams with like truly elite size might give the Aztecs problems. And it is still early, sure, but Stanford didn't really give the Aztecs too many problems. They led for pretty much the whole game, they being the Aztecs, and, uh, you know, were able to control it. That At one point in the second half, Stanford started to make a comeback. They were getting it. I think they got it to within seven. Uh, and then the Aztecs pulled away again. And, and you know, they were leading by, like, as much as 17 at different points in the game. They won by 12. Uh, double-digit win against a quad one opponent on the road is going to look good on the resume. So there's that. Before I continue, make sure to follow the show. You can find it on, on Google and Spotify and Apple, all the different places. Give us good reviews. Uh, share it with your friends. Do do all the things you can find me anywhere on social media at aztec breakdown and you can find the website aztecbreakdown.com make sure to go check it out and uh read what's there it hasn't been a whole lot of stuff there but you know just sporadically check it throughout the year and i'll post when there's when there's new stuff um and it's pretty good so go check it out give us likes give us comments do all the good stuff so let's go over some of these early season results as well as let's let's continue to go over the Stanford game real quick. So Stanford win is a big win. The S6 are 3-0. They have potentially a quad one win, and they should have another quad two win. Um hopefully between between BYU. BYU at home hopefully is a quad two win. They look like they should be good enough. To do that it's still early things can still happen right BYU to start last season looked pretty good and then kind of fell off towards the end as they had injuries and other things happen so things can change on the flip side Boise State took an early loss last year and ended up winning the conference both the regular season and the tournament so you know things can things can change when I say Boise take, State took an early loss I mean like a quad four loss and they ended up winning it all so Things can still happen, but early on, the Aztecs have a couple resume-building games already. Right now, you want to get as many as you can, and most of them, it looks like, are going to come in the early season if they come at all. Most of the opportunities, I should say, come in the early season. And so, they they have to capitalize on them, right? And they have been so far, and that's 
fantastic because that's going to help the seeding later, right? It's it's not a foregone conclusion that the Aztecs make the, you know, the big dance, the tournament. But it does seem pretty likely, I feel like, especially three games in with what they've been able to accomplish so far. It seems pretty likely. And so once, like, that happens, then you're worried about seeding because you want to get the best seed that you can, obviously. You know, March is, March is all about matchups for sure, and that's why lower seeds can beat bigger seeds on top of just, you know, general variance and stuff. Uh, it's, it's, it's all about matchups, but that being said, if you're a one, two, three, or four seed, right, you're, even if you're matched up against a team that's, that's built to beat you, the talent discrepancy is going to be just bigger so that even if they match up well, you can still beat them. And that's why, that's why one seeds have only lost to 16 seeds once, right? That's why two seeds have lost to 15 seeds like eight or nine times in the history of the tournament, right? It gets, it gets more and more as you go down. Sure. But those top seeds rarely lose. And so you want to be one of those top seeds if you can. And so building that resume now is going to be so important for this Aztecs team. And hopefully they can continue it next week. They have Maui. Before then, before that, I guess Maui starts on Monday, which is when the next uh, AP poll will come out. And it is still early. And, you know, these polls in terms of like who the best team is, it's still early to know those types of things for sure. I get it. But in terms of a reflection on like national opinion of the program, it matters. And the Aztecs are currently 17 in the AP poll. And after beating Stanford and, and a couple other top teams losing, they should continue to move up. TCU lost yesterday, and as we'll get into in a little bit here, Dayton lost to UNLV. And Dayton wasn't ahead of the Aztecs in the poll, but because the poll is, you know, an, an, an amalgamation, not an amalgamation, a conglomeration of votes, right? It's a bunch of people voting. It's not just like one person. And so there were voters that had Dayton above San Diego State. And the, the overall conclusion didn't have them above. But there were individual voters that had them. And so those voters are going to drop Dayton and by extension move San Diego State up. So they're going to get more points even when teams below them lose. And so with that, like basically the way to move up the AP poll, especially as we get deeper and deeper into the season, is it doesn't really matter how good you play. It's just teams ahead of you have to lose. And so the Aztecs can't lose again this week, right? You have you have to keep winning while teams ahead of you lose, and the Aztecs can't lose again this week uh, because there's no more games, sadly. But it will mean that they get to move up in the poll, hopefully another spot or two, which is also nice because the further up you are, the less likely you are to drop all the way out if you take a loss, right? I I tend to guess as as my rule of thumb especially if you're a team that's like ranked 12 or 13 or below uh so anywhere from like 12 to 25 that if you're ranked in that range and you take a loss um you're probably going to drop somewhere in the range of 10 spots right and it's 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 there's going to be some variance and it'll depend on 
who you lose to and how badly and stuff, right? If you're, if you're ranked 15 and you lose to the 18th team in the country by one point, you might not, you might not drop 10 spots then, right? That's, that's not a terrible loss. You lost to a bad team. They just got to correct it and that's okay. Um, whereas if you're 14th and you lose to like the 350th team by 15, you might drop all the way out. So there can be some things, but my rule of thumb is just 10 point is 10 spots. And so if the Aztecs can get up to 15 by Maui, then they'll be in, then they'll be in a good position, especially if they can win one, they'll be in a good position to still stay somewhere in the top 25, even if they take a loss, maybe even two, depending on if they can win one and how it looks right. Playing three games in one week can, can change things. So, that's that's encouraging that they should continue to move up. At least I think, right? You wanna, I feel like you wanna keep your name up in those polls um, because just more people will see, and there will always be those that are like, you know, the, there will be those that give San Diego State a similar treatment to Gonzaga. I've even had like San Diego State fans give them that treatment in the sense of like, sure, they're they're up high in the rankings, but it's because they only beat bad teams you know there's nobody that they can lose to on their schedule and so they're frauds and they won't do anything in march um and by won't do anything they mean won't win a championship and like yeah sure there's you know 360 teams you can say that about and and be right you know so um that does like that quote doesn't mean anything to me personally um regardless you want to keep that name up there keep the keep the fans seeing it in the top 25 keep the nation seeing it in the top 25 and that'll also help like recruits we'll see it in the top 25 all year right uh we have lamont butler balling out for us this season and he was recruited during the uh the 2020 magical season right the 26 game win streak um i should point out just in, in, in terms of making sure I'm checking myself, when the Aztecs lost that season after their 26-game win streak, they only fell like two or three spots, right? That was towards the end of the year, and they were ranked, I think, four in the nation when they lost. So those, you know, it changes a little bit both as the season goes on and depending on how high you are. Um, so that's something to, to note as well. But early on, especially, I feel like you dr- tend to drop a little bit more. Regardless, the Aztecs seem to be in good position. Uh, Lamont Butler and Darian Trammell balled out last night. Darian Trammell didn't hit a single shot. I think he was 0 for 5 or 0 for 7 from the floor, or maybe it was 0 for 6, something like that, right? I, th- I think it was 5. I think it was 0 for 5, but scored 6 points regardless because of free throws. So that was great. And he added six assists and four steals to the stat line so he was doing a lot of the the less glamorous stuff right after being one of the main scorers the first two games he finally got his passing going which was something that I had been maybe not concerned about but it was something I was looking forward to a lot more that hadn't shown up yet and last night it showed up so that was fantastic Lamont Butler also had six assists I think the two of them combined only had one turnover. So your two lead guards 
had 12 assists and one turnover combined. That's fantastic. Lamont Butler chipped in another 11 points, so I guess 17 points, 12 assists, and one turnover and five steals between the two of them. Fantastic outing. Matt Bradley hit a couple of jump shots. He's not back yet. You know, it was an encouraging sign that he could hit some, and hopefully that can help build some confidence in him. But he's not back yet. Like He shot like three of ten from the floor and had eight or nine points or something like that which is better than three of 16 absolutely but still not still not at his level yet i did see somebody on twitter asking and i'm not putting anybody on blast here i'm just you know saying it somebody was asking should he be moved to the bench given his poor offensive output considering like that's what he's supposed to do um and in case anybody's wondering i don't think so I don't think so. Um, You know, some of the output, and the coaches have said this, and I feel like I've seen it as well, some of the output has been just the amount of defensive attention he's gotten. And so people are are locking down on him. I don't think it's all of it, though, because we saw him, you know, score heavily over double and triple teams, too. I think a lot of it is just figuring out his new role and figuring out where his shots are going to come from and kind of getting out of his head a little bit. He's a guy who puts a lot of pressure on himself to do great. And I think some of us can, can relate to that. Um, you know, it's one of the things you'll, you'll see it a lot. People will ask, you know, if, if, uh, if you let someone down, if you like fail somebody, you know, you'll feel like terrible, but then somebody asks, well, what, like, how do you feel if somebody lets you down? And you're like, oh, like it's, you know, it's fine. It's not a, it's not a big deal. Right. Um, so you don't like treat yourself with the same standards that you treat other people. I feel like it's a relatively common thing, at least to a certain extent. And I feel like I'm, I'm probably projecting a little bit here, but I feel like Matt Bradley has some of that in him and he just sets really high standards for himself. And when he doesn't meet those standards, he starts to get in his head a little bit. And so he just needs time to settle in and get going and moving him to the bench. I feel like would just reinforce that and would just give him outside input that can be interpreted as, Oh yeah, I am letting everybody down. And that's why I have been moved to the bench. Um, so I wouldn't do that. Let's, you know, build him up rather than not that like a bench move necessarily tears somebody down and he does seem like a very mature young man who would handle it well at the very least publicly um but let's just like let's continue to build him up right just keep letting him do his thing let him find his shots and he should come around eventually he didn't start off super hot last season either he didn't make a three-pointer for at least the first three games last season. I, I don't know if it, it might have even been four or five, but at least the first three games, I remember, he didn't make a single three-point shot. So that he was he was better in other ways, and he did score like 22 in his very first game as an Aztec, but after that, it, it slowed down, and he wasn't super efficient. It wasn't as bad as this year, but he wasn't super efficient. So uh, you just got to give him time and let him figure it out. If we're If we're getting into conference season and it's still like this, then maybe we can talk about that. But three games in, team is still winning. His defense has been good. 
So it's not like he's not contributing at all out there. His defense has still been good, even though his offense has been slacking. So leave him out there. Let him figure it out. If it's conference season and he's still slacking, then maybe we can talk about something. But until then, he should be fine. Just got to let him work it out. That, I think, will do it for me talking about the Stanford game for right now. What I do want to get into is the Mountain West, because we've had some surprising early season results. And a couple of them, we as a Aztec Breakdown crew have talked about a little bit before. But let's get into some of it. So you got Wyoming, the hands-down, like, unanimous second-place choice, except for by Wyoming fans, right? everybody's like Aztecs are one Wyoming is two except for Wyoming fans who say Wyoming is one and you can't you can't blame them they're Wyoming fans that's what they're supposed to do we would do the same thing right so you have that they go and and to be fair their star player in Graham EK is gone right the guy who who was a preseason player of the year at least by some outlets he's gone he's out with an injury and so that affects things, but they lose a close game to a really bad team. A really bad team. Deep quad four loss. Something that's going to look very bad on the resume. And they don't really have a lot of games in the non-conference schedule to make up for it. They have a couple. They play, I want to say Dayton, and they play one other team, maybe St. Mary's, uh, later in the in the schedule. And hopefully... Ige can be back for those games, but there's no guarantee, right? And those are basically their only resume-building games in the non-conference. So they don't really have a way to make up for that bad loss. So it's not looking good for them, right? It doesn't mean that they can't get an at-large bid to the tournament, but that early loss is is tough. It's going to hurt their scores a lot, and even if they do get in, it's going to hurt their seed, and going to make it harder for them to advance. And my bold prediction was that the Mountain West would have two Sweet 16 teams in San Diego State and Wyoming. And it's just, it's going to be harder if Wyoming is getting a bad seed. So there's that. Colorado State has been playing without star point guard and probably best point guard in the conference. Um, At the very least, best like offensive point guard in the conference, Isaiah Stevens. And... They have been they have been winning, um, which has been good for them. They haven't beaten anybody super spectacular yet. They don't have any of those like resume building wins, but for them, they just got to stay afloat until Isaiah Stevens comes back, and then they can be a good team. Hopefully, like in the conference season. Now, by that point, it's kind of late to start really building a resume, but you know we want them to look as good as possible, if only just to help the conference numbers. So they've been there. One of the big news things from last night was UNLV, who is now 3-0. and And I, like, on this show, I was talking with Kyle, and we were talking about, like, neither of us really expected UNLV to be all that good. And one of the reasons I gave was that UNLV had just lost to, like, a Canadian team in an exhibition and it was a Canadian team that, like, will sometimes play Division Three teams and lose. And so, like, UNLV is losing to a team that loses to Division Three teams. I was not very high on them coming into the season. And they just beat Dayton. They just beat Dayton, who is, like, 
I think, I think even after the loss, I think it was ranked 30th in Ken Palm, something like that. So they're expected to be good. They've been in the top 25 since the season started. And UNLV just, just beat them and like came from behind to beat them as well. When I went to sleep, it, it felt to me like Dayton was gonna, gonna close it out and win it. And UNLV beat them. So they are starting to look promising and similar to like one bad loss in the beginning. It, it hurts you, but it doesn't have to destroy you in the same way. One really good win in the beginning might not be enough to truly build you up, but it sure helps, right? The Mountain West needs all the help it can get. And UNLV so far, three games in has stepped up to do that. So that's fantastic. That's really good, especially when you consider. So I talked about both Graham E.K. and and uh, Isaiah Stevens being out. The Mountain West has had another key injury recently from Utah State. Stephen Ashworth had some sort of non-contact ankle injury, and I ne- I never even saw what it was reported as being. So I don't know how long he's going to be out, but it didn't look good. It didn't look good. It looked like he would be out for for weeks at least and he has been one of the better players in the conference as well and so it's just all the top teams are getting these key injuries and the Essex aren't even exactly immune to that right Kashad Johnson has been kind of not not a hundred percent since since like three plays into the season because he's had his shoulder thing right so luckily Kashad Johnson isn't exactly like the star of the team the way that he is the way that these other players are and also uh you know Kishad hasn't been as seriously injured right EK and Stevens are both probably out until at least the conference season starts if not even longer who knows how long Ashworth is going to be out for but there's just been a lot of injuries and so having a team that nobody was really expecting like UNLV step up has been has been a good it's been it's been a good look for the conference new mexico has kind of stepped up as well they have they don't have any like big wins like unlv just got uh they might not even at this point have any like quad two wins but they've been beating teams that they were supposed to beat and i want to say it was even last night that they beat a team that they were according to ken palm they were six dog six point underdogs on So they have been like steadily improving and playing well as well. So that's been good. The Mountain West has had some teams step up as other teams have kind of let down. Um, Boise State was another team that was supposed to be good. And they took an early loss as well. So... It's been it's been kind of rough for the Mountain West, but some teams are stepping up, and that's good. That'll be something to keep an eye on is who can consistently play well and who struggles throughout the season. With that, Aztec fans, I think that does it for this one. Aztecs are looking good as they head into Maui. Uh, you know, hopefully they can win at least one. The big one is going to be the first one for sure. You want to win that first game. I feel like any time in these type of events, the first game is the most important. Even if it's not 
the biggest resume builder is the most important because you aren't going to get to the biggest resume builder if you lose it. So I feel like that's the big one is Ohio State. If they can beat Ohio State, then they will be in good shape. But Aztec fans, that does it for this one. And I will catch you next time.